One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Hello? <laughs> Am I on the air? <laughs> Are we on? Keep talking. All right, keep talking? Okay. Okay, you're good. Oh, I'm good? Okay, I'm good to go? Okay. <laughs> Let's get my introduction. Yeah, but I got no CD here. What's going on, guys? I got no CD here. I got no CD. What's going on here, guys? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am puzzled by I have no music on here. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. I'm like, hello? Hello, hello. This is craziness. Anyway, I'm <laughs> usually with my introduction here. I don't know what's going on here. I'm having some some programming issues right now with my board. So, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Robbie Zucker here at WTBR Sports Talk. Usually the fine introduction that we usually uh, have, but uh, for some reason, uh, I have no idea what's going on with my board here. So, I have no, cr no clue. I just had my technician come in here. And uh, so, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with this stuff. Anyway, good morning, and uh, Sean Cronin is not here today. Sean is actually not feeling well, so um, we're just going to go solo today here um, on WTBR Sports Talk. And uh, it was a good weekend, beautiful day outside, uh, getting into the uh, mid-40s today. The weather, I can't complain, Ser seriously. I cannot complain about this uh, this fall. It's been unbelievable here in the Berkshires. So right here at uh, WTBR Sports Talk, 413 Four four five four two three four. For some reason, my CD player is not working. If my tech wants to come back in and figure this one out, but uh, it seems like uh, for some reason it's just not going. I have no idea why. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, there you go. Well, we got to push button A, right? That's a little bit better, right? It's always something, right? All right, let's bring it down now. That sounds a little bit better. All right, Robbie Zicker here at WTBR Sports Talk, talking sports with you every Tuesday with my buddy Sean Cronin. He was a little bit under the weather. I got a message from Sean this morning. Sorry, my stomach hurts. I've been doing stuff all night. We don't have to go into details. We all know what happens when we get sick. So uh, hopefully Sean will give us a call at 413-445-4234. Well, another crazy weekend in the National Football League. And uh, we'll talk football, we'll talk baseball, some basketball, some hockey, uh, Bruins and Rangers, and maybe a little bit about uh, some of the local teams, the Devils, the Islanders. So uh, anything you want to talk about in the world of sports, we're here. 413-445-4234. Well, we got to start out, I guess, with the local teams. Obviously, the Pats didn't play, and uh, obviously they didn't win. But they'll go up against the Colts on Saturday. Saturday. That should be an interesting game, seeing how they do against Jonathan Taylor and the Patriots defense. And of course, right now standing at nine and four, leading their division. And really, I mean, their road is you know, at home. And wouldn't it be funny if Brady plays Belichick in the Super Bowl? You can't get rid of these guys. I mean, these guys are just around and around. They're just there. And uh, I don't know if it's fortunate for, for Patriot fans, unfortunate for other fans in the National Football League, but the consistency every year of the Patriots. I know last year was a misnomer with Cam Newton, but obviously they draft Mac Jones, and he's been great, and they've been put into a position where he can win, and they're not asking him a whole, to do a whole lot, although a couple weeks ago he did throw for 300 yards, so, and they added some great tight ends, and they added some receivers, and 
you know, get the running backs going and the Patriots just continue to defy, you know, what what football is all about. It's about consistency. It's about coaching. It's about drafting the right way. And the Patriots do it better than any other organization in professional football, possibly better than anybody in professional sports. So yesterday we can talk about the New York football giants first. Okay. Let's talk about an abomination, all right? This coach is driving me crazy. Every time I watch this coach get in front of a press conference, I get sick to my stomach. I mean, giving me like these these quotes and these ridiculous things saying, "Oh, well we're we're having uh we're we're seeing good things and we're progressing in the right direction and uh you know, all this other nonsense that he talks about. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, we you know, we're executing well on this play and then this play. I mean, Joe, can you get it through your thick head? You're an idiot, okay? You're a complete idiot and you have no idea what you're talking about. It's ridiculous to watch you get up in front of a press conference every week the same nonsense and tell me you have to execute. You have to look at film. Uh, you're progressing. What are you progressing? He goes, we're internally progressing. So basically the field, the team on the field stinks and then we're progressing. I mean, I can't stand it anymore from this guy. He never changes his tone of voice. It's the same garbage. I wonder if this guy gets into the locker room and lets these guys have it. Do you really think he goes into the locker room and lets these guys have it? 413-445-4234, number to call on WTBR Sports Talk. I just uh, actually saw our phone light up, and I was just trying to get through this particular talk about the New York Giants and their garbage yesterday. I mean, give me a break with this guy. He gets up in front of the press, starts telling him that they're positive things. Joe, you're losing 37-7. to Let me ask you this, Joe. With a team like the Chargers that's 31st in the NFL against the run, and you run nine times in the first half. And I'm listening to Paul Patino, and I'm listening to Jeff Fiegels after the you know in the post game show, and 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 Patino saying, well, they can't even run the ball against the Chargers, who are 31st in the league. So it's a combination of Joe Judge not trying to run the ball and the fact that the Giants can't run the ball. It's just ridiculous to watch. Four one three four four five four two three four, right here on a beautiful day here in the Berkshires. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, Glennon is terrible. Could we have seen Jake Fromm in the second half? Could we have seen Jake from Kenny Galladay get him up the press conference and say, oh, I'm trying to do my best. $72 million for this guy has not caught one touchdown pass yet. Kyle Rudolph, great play yesterday, 60 yards, right? Great play. They tied the game with seven. You're thinking, oh, wow. And here comes the defense again, collapsing down the field. The defense was atrocious yesterday. The Chargers, over 400 yards of offense. I don't want to hear that the Giants have a good defense while well, we bend down the field and we don't break. It's garbage. Your offense never has the ball. When they do have the ball, they stink. You know, it's unbelievable to watch, and I'm just tired of this coach. I'm sick of it. Just blow it up. 413-445-4234 right here on the number, and we do have a caller, so let's go to our first caller. Good morning on WTBR Sports Talk. Hi, who am I speaking with? Uh, Eddie, uh, calling back from Pittsburgh. I talked to you a couple weeks ago. Yeah, hey, Eddie, how are you? Thanks for calling. What's going on? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you, thank you. My pleasure. I, I, I want to switch the story, uh, no, switch the subject to baseball, Okay. You were talking about Andy Pettit last week. Do you think he should be in the Hall of Fame? No. I think he's a very good pitcher, but I don't think he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Okay, because he, you know, he came out and told the truth about the steroids thing. No, I love Andy. I love Andy Pettit. I just think they're watering down the Hall of Fame too much. I mean, don't you think so? Um, yeah, well, well, a lot of people didn't make it, you know. And then, you no, know, even I think that the Jorge Posada should have made it. But yeah, I mean, I can't. And it's gone. He'll never make it. I can't put a Jorge Posada in there. I can't, you know, I can't. I mean, he was a good player, not a great defensive catcher, good, good hitting catcher. But you're going to compare him to guys like Johnny Bench. You're going to compare him to those type of players, to a Bill Dickey, to a Yogi Berra. I mean, I just, 
I'm sorry. I just can't compare those guys. I mean, well, not with the championships they won or no. You know, it's, I mean, I, I don't know if you can count that, count championships. I mean, really, it's more about, to me, about what they did statistically on the field. I mean, Horry's a good, it was a good catcher. He was a decent catcher. I mean, wasn't great defensively, decent defensively, t- terrific hitter, though, as far as power, you know, numbers go and so forth. But I think we're just watering down the Hall of Fame way too much. I mean, there's guys that should never be, Harold Bain shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. You know, there's a lot of guys that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Andre Dawson shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. They put guys in the Hall of Fame, they're ridiculous. The Hall yeah. of Fame is for great players. The Hall of Fame is for Babe Ruth and Willie Mays and Hank Aaron, you know, and Ken Griffey Jr. and those type of players that dominate baseball. I just right. think, and I love, I love the Hall of Fame. It's you know, it's two hours. If you've never been to the Hall of Fame, folks, go. I mean, I it's have. great. Yeah, I've been there once. Yeah, it's great. A long time ago. Oh, and go. One more quick thing. Okay? Yeah, go ahead. Take your time. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've been living in Pittsburgh all my life. Okay. Yep. And you mentioned about the CBA, right? Yep. About them taking care of. of minor league players, okay? And when I was growing up in the the 80s and 90s with the Mets, Cubs, and Astros, a lot of these families in Pittsville and Berkshire County took care of these players and brought them in their own. No, I know that. Even with the Suns, I mean, I I've sang the national anthem at Wakona Park a couple times, and I I love going to the Suns games. Where else are you can go to a game for five dollars and uh, be entertained? It's, I I agree. I mean, there should be some, you know, sometimes they should take care of some of the players. But I mean. I don't mind what the players are asking for. I mean, I'd like to see the universal DH exist. I would like to see analytics reduced to, like, very little because it's ruining baseball. I mean, last year, look statistically, the average was, I believe, 241 was the, was the league average. And, I mean, 25% of the time guys are striking out. It's just not fun anymore. It's not fun to see a guy hit a ball into the outfield with a second, base standing, second baseman standing at the outfield and making a play and throwing to first base. I mean, the beauty of baseball is to watch a guy Feel the baseball and make a great play. Not have the ball go directly to him. I, the right. shift is drives me nuts. Do you, do you agree with what I'm saying about the minor league players making a little bit more money? Yes. You know I mean, yes, I do. Riding buses like Michael Jordan when he when he yep. when he was playing for the Chicago White Sox after he left the Bulls. You know, he bought a brand new bus and they weren't flying. You know? No, I remember. I do remember that. Yeah, I know. Look, it's they need to have some kind of um, you know player. Uh, salary that's that's you know, I would say structural for for the for the guys in the minor leagues. But I mean, it's just getting ridiculous to the point where these two sides—you got millionaires and billionaires arguing and fighting—and the only people that get screwed are the fans. And it's just become ridiculous. Like I don't care about it anymore. You know, I do care about people in the minor leagues. I do care about the minor leagues, obviously. I agree. I, I, okay, I, I but I'm just know, sick of it. Where it starts. I'm know? just yeah. I know. It's just, just so sick of it. Park, how we lost those minor league teams, you know? I know, and it's it's a shame too because I wish this city had another real double A or single A team that we could go actually, which is affiliate of, of a you know a major league team. And we used to have. I remember as a camper here and the kid in the seventies. I was here. We had the Pittsfield Mets and then the Pittsfield Cubs and so forth. And it was yeah. great. It was great, you know. And they ought to do that again. It's just for some reason the city doesn't want to do that. And there's enough money. In this city, and if there's enough interest, you know, you have enough money, you have individuals that will, you know, go out and give money to the organizations to try to get a minor league team here, which I wish they would, honestly. I mean, I really do. I mean, I think it's a lot of fun. Plus, it also creates jobs. You know what I'm saying? It does. 
I agree. I agree. Hey, Rob, thanks a lot for your Oh, my God, my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. Always, please, please do tune in every week. I got the word out, man. Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for calling. Appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Checking in right there. So, yeah, with the CBA, I mean, the CBA is ridiculous, but I'm looking at statistics in baseball, and I'm looking at right now every 241 league average. I mean, it's pathetic with the strikeouts, guys throwing 100 miles an hour, guys striking out like crazy, the shifting and the ridiculous phantom runner and the seven-inning doubleheaders and all this nonsense. I just can't take it anymore. I mean, I don't know what kind of negotiation they're going to come to. I'm reading this morning that we're not going to even talk till February, which is just nonsense. I mean, it's just become ridiculous. And it, it, every year, every time they come up for a CBA agreement, it's the same garbage with the same people and the same negotiations. And as a fan, as a baseball fan, I really have had it. You got people struggling out here. You got people, you know, basically on food lines here trying to get food on their table. Never alone get $43 million for a year. And I understand it's entertainment. I understand movie stars get the same thing. Tom Hanks is getting $30 million to give a picture. And I understand that it's entertainment. And these guys are a small portion of the population that can do this. They can throw 100 miles an hour. They can hit a baseball. But seriously, it's just become intolerable to me. So, 413-445-4234 on here at WTBR Sports Talk. What a gorgeous day. I mean, I'll tell you honestly, this has been the best fall I can remember. I've been living up here 16 years, and this honestly has been the best uh, I have actually uh, seen for a fall season. So um, I'm hoping I'm not going to run into snow. I still got to get snow tires on my car. So I've been driving around with my tires. I'm like, okay, hope it doesn't snow. So anyway, getting back to the Giants um, and the National Football League in general. But back to the Giants. I mean, you know, this all starts at the top. And this is not, you know, we know how much Gettleman stinks. We know about Gettleman. We know about Judge. We know about, you know, Saquon Barkley and his problems, Daniel Jones and his neck issues now. But I wanted to see Jake Fromm. I didn't care. We know what Mike Lennon is. He's garbage. We know what he is, okay? He stinks. The guy stinks, okay? But, I mean, some of the quotes of Judge in the press conference and we're making progress. I'm seeing good things. Joe, what are you seeing? You were absolutely engulfed 37 to 7. And I mean, how how do you like the this is this is the Giants in a nutshell in about what about three minutes? The Giants play defense holds the Chargers back in their own end. They punt the ball. The Giants get the ball as a Charger 41 yard line. And the next thing you know, the Giants go three and out. A screen pass to Barkley, which you don't even see one giant in the picture with four Chargers standing around him. I mean, Freddie Kitchens. It obviously was not Jason Garrett, folks. Freddie Kitchens, can you throw down the field to someone? My God. You finally throw a a pass to Kyle Rudolph and a tight end for 60 yards. You're thinking, oh, wow, they tied the game up. Maybe they'll be competitive today. No. What happens? The Giants go three and out. They kick the ball. And with 17 seconds left, (laughs) Justin Herbert, who's just a tremendous quarterback, throws the ball down the field and throws a touchdown pass. It's 24-7. Game over. See you later. That's it. So that's the Giants in a nutshell. I mean, the Giants have been an absolute disaster this season. And yesterday, John Mayer talks about bringing Judge back. What? Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Just blow it up. Blow it up. Blow it up. I mean, this is all John Mayer. Let's go back. Okay, let's go back. Before Dave Gettleman, let's go back to 
when Jerry Reese was general manager and the Giants were 11 and 5 and they were and and McAdoo was coaching everybody thought everything was wonderful. You played the biggest Mickey Mouse schedule of all time that year beating Dallas twice. That was the only winning team they beat all year. Other than that, they scored 19 points per game, but they were thumping themselves on the chest going, "Wow, we're 11 and 5. Look at our great defense. Oh wow, you beat the Browns and you beat rookie Jared Goff who still stinks. And you beat this team. Oh wow, and that team, you beat losing teams and you averaged 19 points, but the organization didn't try to reevaluate evaluate itself, didn't really think that maybe this team was really overrated considering the schedule they played. So the following year, they bring McAdoo back off an 11-5 season, and what do they do? They go 3-13, and and the rest is history. It's been garbage for the last 10 years. Bad drafts, bad decisions. This is all on John Mayer. Bringing in Gettleman, bringing in Judge, bringing in Graham. I don't want to hear that Graham's a good defensive coordinator. Look, he doesn't have a whole lot of talent, okay? But for an Ivy League guy, can you get it right a little bit, Patrick? Can you actually be a little bit more aggressive with the defense? You have a bad offensive line and a bad defensive line in professional football. I don't care who you are. You're going to stink, okay? That's it. You're going to stink, period. You can't win with a bad line on both sides of the ball. It's just plain to see. And then you get the other team, okay? You get the Jets. Zach Wilson is not ready to play in the National Football League. What are the stats? Yesterday, I think 19 of 42. This guy looks terrible. Some days he looks well. Last week he looked well in the first half, but this... They should have brought in a veteran guy immediately at the beginning of the season, before the season began in preseason, to mentor this guy, to play a little bit, to give this team a little bit of hope. This guy has been absolutely horrible. Now, I'm not going to write him off and say this guy's never going to be a decent quarterback, but man, he's missing throws all over the place. And Robert Sala is supposed to be a defensive guy who gave up 30 points to the Saints with the third string, you know, with the backup quarterback. You know, it's just, I don't get it. I just don't understand. The Jets are just awful. They are, they are I mean, I'm not going to quit on Joe Douglas. This is only, what, his second year as general manager, so I'm not going to completely quit on him. But, man, the Jets are terrible. They're non-competitive, and we thought they were going to be competitive at least somewhat this year. And they're just terrible. 30-9, to a final score in that game. I mean, and, and the last night I'm watching the Ram game and the Cardinal game, and for some reason, I mean, the coach of the Cardinals, he decides he's going to not kick a field goal to get within seven, and it really cost them at the end of that game. And uh, the, I picked the Rams to win, so I didn't do too bad. I actually went 10-4 and four yesterday. But uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know, some of his decisions yesterday uh, were just terrible. But, uh, you know, the Cardinals are an interesting team because you don't know. They're 10-3. and three, They're a good team. But, you know, they, they're going to have to do a little bit more of soul-searching about being competing with some of the other better teams in the NFC. So I don't know if I see them going to the Super Bowl. I don't know. They have a lot of talent. Uh, Kyler Murray is a terrific quarterback. He's fun to watch. Boy, is he fun to watch. When he takes off, he is a lot of fun. He makes great plays. They have a lot of talent, but the question is, you know, some of that talent may be a little bit immature right now, and we don't know exactly what they're going to be come playoff time, but the Rams, a big win for the Rams, because the Rams, let's face it, they beat a lot of bad teams this year. So they finally went out, and they beat a good team last night. I thought Rob Stafford had a terrific game. And, uh, yeah, I, I picked the Rams to be in the Super Bowl, so we'll see what happens down the stretch. But the Rams have as anybody, you know, as good as anything, any, anybody, anybody in the league, so... But anybody in the league, that's actually my phone ringing. Could you believe it? 413-445-4234 right here on WTBR Sports Talk at 1021. And um, anyway, we're going to come back a little bit. 
and talk about some of the games. And we'll also talk about uh, the NBA and the NHL. Celtics winning last night with 42 uh, from Jason last night. And uh, talk about the... Oh, the poor Knicks. What are the Knicks going to do? I mean, I have no idea. We can talk a little about the Rangers and the Bruins. The Bruins sitting right now in a spot. They did win in Edmonton. They had a fairly good road trip. Um, we all know what the Bruins need. We all know what they need. Uh, the Rangers coming off a loss of one nothing to Nashville the other night. They're now going out to Colorado to face a Avs team that's just been unbelievable, scoring 21 goals uh, in their last three games. So uh, pretty, pretty impressive. But anyway, we'll return with uh, more WTBR Sports Talk right after this message. Donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'd be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Pritchard County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Larry Kretka here from Nothing But Old 45s, inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music I've ever recorded, like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM. Pittsfield Community Radio. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8. And if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. Hola, hola. I'm Daisy. Yo soy Marta. Whether you want to learn a little Spanish or get a glimpse of our wonderful Latin roots, join us as we celebrate Latin culture with music from genres ranging from salsa to bachata. Gain insight on local news, community information, and very special guests. Only on Mundo Latino. Welcoming listeners of all nations on WTBR 89.7 FM. Support for Mundo Latino comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. No nonsense. No messing around. Just 100% pure rock. Unplug your appliances. We need the power. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker going solo right here on a Tuesday morning. As always, beautiful day. 413-445-4234. The number to get in touch with us right here on WTBR Sports Talk at 1025. We were talking a little bit about the NFL and yesterday. A um, couple great, uh, great games yesterday. A real close game between the Browns uh, and the Ravens yesterday. Uh, pretty close game there. And, of course, uh, 
uh, around the league. Uh, the Jets, we were talking about being swamped by the Saints 30-9. to And like I said, how bad are the Jets? Robert Sala, can you figure it out? I mean, the guy's in his first year coaching. I'm not going to you know, get on him completely because, let's face it, the Jets' defense sucks, and the Jets are horrible. I mean, they're horrible in terms of personnel, so I'm not going to completely blame him. But, uh, you know, I haven't been impressed. Let's face it, for a guy who was, a, you know, they call it the defensive guru in, in San Francisco. I'm not particularly impressed with him. So, But uh, a lot of close games yesterday. 49ers, I lost on that game. Bengals, the Bengals are a strange team. 26-23, and so is San Francisco. I mean, Call me up and ask me, do you like the way the NFL is now? Do you find it more mediocre than parity? I find it more to be more mediocrity than parity right now. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But obviously the Bucks and the Bills, the Bucks were kicking their rear ends of the Bills yesterday. It was 24-3. The Bills come all the way back, have a chance to score down the stretch, have to settle for a field goal. And what else is new? Tom Brady makes a great play, a great decision on a throw, and they get like, what, a 61-yard touchdown to win the game. And right now, the Bucks are in the driver's seat at 10-3. and three. And, uh, man, wouldn't that be interesting? Belichick versus Brady in the Super Bowl. You can't get rid of these guys. You can't get rid of them. They're, they're just around all over. They're like flies. They're like all over you. You know, it's unbelievable. Chiefs looking good at 48-9, to nine, just thromping of the Raiders yesterday. The Raiders... And uh, 48 to 9 over the Raiders. Uh, Chiefs looking good right now. Everybody's like, what's going on with the Chiefs? How come they're playing so well? Well, let's face it, they were playing lousy the beginning of the season, and we still have the same, they have still have the same talent there. The Tyree Kills are there, the Travis Kelseys are there. You know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still there. And, you know, Spags has the defense playing really, really well now. So look out for the Chiefs. They're really hot. And it always comes down to hot teams. Falcons win yesterday over the hapless Carolina Panthers, who are just terrible. Um, uh, Seahawks win a game against the Houston, who are horrible. So, and yeah, and, and so I mean, I I want to know four one three four four five four two three four. If you like this type of NFL football, do you like this parity and extra team getting in? You know, I call it mediocrity and so forth. But uh, getting back to the Giants, it, it's got to be killing Giant fans, including myself, that this coach gets up in front of the podium at four and nine. You're ten and nineteen as a head coach, Joe Judge. This guy is clueless. And stop telling me you're making progress. Stop telling me you have to execute. Stop telling me you have to go look at the film, Joe. Okay, It's obvious to me, Joe, that you stink as a head coach. Now, I'm not going to blame you completely when you have a lousy offensive line put together by Dave Gettleman, a lousy defensive line, which Dave Gettleman decided that he was going to go out and he was going to give Williams you know, this huge contract and gets him from the Jets. He stunk with the Jets. He trades a third-round pick for the guy when the guy was a free agent the following year, Leonard Williams. I mean, I have no idea what Gettleman's, you know, where his brain is half the time. But, I mean, if they don't fire Gettleman, I mean, it's ridiculous. And then yesterday, John Maris says, oh, well, he gives a vote of confidence to, uh, to Joe Judge to bring him back for next year. What? Why would you bring this guy back? Why would you bring him back? You have to bring a new regime. You have to fire Gettleman, fire Judge, fire Graham, and just blow it up. Okay, John Mara, blow it up, because Giant fans are not going to take this garbage anymore. I mean, who do they think we are? They think we're idiots? I mean, does Joe Judge think we're complete idiots by telling me that we have internal progression going on? What internal progression? I mean, this is ridiculous, telling me, oh, it's a team they can be proud of. How can you be proud of this team? They stink. I mean, they're terrible, and they're always hurt. Tony's hurt again, and Shepard, you know, he's back yesterday. He catches a two-yard pass. I'm tired of two-yard passes, and obviously it must have been Jason Garrett's fault. I mean, Jason Garrett is the fall guy for Gettleman's stupidity and for Judge's stupidity. 
It's unbelievable. Like, I don't even know if Judge really wanted Garrett to be the offensive coordinator when he took over as coach, but they hired him anyway. But, I mean, it's just ridiculous to even think that, that this guy's going to be back next year. He's a clown. I mean, tell me, you got to look at the tape. How many times do I have to hear that? You're 10 and 19, Joe. You stink. Then they get Galladay coming up, and he's making, you know, he's telling me how he has to be better, how he has to execute. They gave this guy $72 million. He's got zero touchdowns. Zero. Zero. And I want to see Jake Fromm next week. I do not want to see the pencil neck geek, Mike Lennon, who looks like the guy from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when they feed the guy the intravenous. Remember when Scatman Quill is going, McMurphy, what you trying to do to me? I mean, get this guy out of here. I want to see, look, can we see Jake Fromm, anybody else but Mike Lennon? I already know what Mike Lennon is. I mean, Joe Judge, he makes Aaron Boone look like Patton. I mean, I'm so sick of the press conference. It's ridiculous. And again, you go up against the 31st worst defense against the run, and you run nine times in the first half. You give up a 61-yard pass and a 59-yard pass in the air at the end of the— And by the way, the Giants are being outscored 59 to nothing before the half. So put that one in your pocket too, Joe. What's your excuse for that, Joe? And then he says to me yesterday, well, I'm not making any excuses. I'm the head coach. Good, I'm glad you don't make any excuses. You know, the stand-up guy, Joe. But this team is worse than it was last year. Last year, there was 6-10. and 10, Now they're 4-9. and nine. And don't tell me they're going to beat Dallas. And what's going to make me really sick, oh, my God, this is going to really suck, is watching the Dallas Cowboy fans at the end of that game sit in MetLife Stadium and cheer on the Cowboys while the Giant fans get up and go to the parking exit and have a four-hour ride home that normally would, you know, would be an hour by the time they get out of the parking lot. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this is all on John Mara. It is all on John Mara for hiring a bunch of knuckleheads. You know, if you run a company, if I'm the CEO of a company and I hire people that stink, your company's going to stink. I don't care. Look at Daniel Snyder for all the years in Washington. All the years they stunk. You can be a billionaire. I don't care how rich you are. doesn't mean you can put a sports franchise together and hire the right people to run your organization. I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Congratulations, Dave Gettleman. Since you've taken over the reins of the New York Giants, you are 18 and 42. Congratulations. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So let's talk a little about hoops. Celtics winning last night. Um, Celtics are at 14-14, and 14, I believe. They're a 500 team. Way back, not too far back, but probably five or six games behind the Nets who are just on a roll. Kevin Durant's on a roll. Had 50 points the other night. We all know how good Kevin Durant is, but that is the most unappealing team in the Nets between he and Harden, and then, of course, Irving's not back. Between those guys, what is appealing about that team? They win, but they're not the most appealing guys in the world. I mean, I can't stand Harden, and I can't stand Durant. So between the two of them, yeah, they're really great. They're great players, but, I mean, they're so damn unappealing. It's amazing. 413-445-4234 right here. The number to call right here on WTBR Sports Talk. And, uh, yeah, as far as, as far as the Knicks go, look, I don't know what the Knicks going to do. I mean, they what and brought in. It was a mistake. They brought in Kemba Walker. He's been a, he's been a disaster. They, they, you know, they brought in Fournier from the Celtics. And he can't do anything but shoot three-pointers. He doesn't play defense. They're not the same team. They don't bring the defensive intensity that they did last year. They shoot too many three-pointers. And I'm just wondering, is Tebow the right coach for this team? Is Tebow the right coach? I don't know if he's the right coach or not. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, 
they don't play the young players as much as they should. They don't play you know the 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 Obi Tobins and the, and the uh, you know and the, and the Quickleys of the world. And and RJ Barrett is starting, but RJ has been inconsistent. But I still think RJ Barrett can be a really good player in this league. It's just that he's inconsistent. I'd like to see him develop a, maybe a 15 foot shot where he can drive off the you know off the dribble and then create a shot, kind of like Kawhi Leonard does a little bit with the Clippers. That type of you know pop and and shoot from 15. So. Um, again, the Knicks are just not as good as they, they don't play the perimeter defense. They don't play defense the way they did last year. You know, they lost a couple of guys that they, that they got rid of that were good defensive players. And now it's just, it's very frustrating to watch. I know they beat San Antonio in the road that a good, uh, good, you know, game. And then they played back to back and obviously they didn't have the energy that night and they get whipped, uh, by Indiana, which was just ridiculous. Indiana stinks. And they gave up, I think 122 points to Indiana. So, you know, call me basketball fans. Let me know what you think. I mean, I'm not the biggest NBA guy in the world because I honestly think the three-pointer's gotten out of hand. We all know how I feel about this. I've said it a million times. But, I mean, the Knicks, I would rather see a young coach come in to the Knicks and coach them and play the young players, the Quickleys, the Briggs, the, you know, the, the, the Obi Toppins, the Mitchells of the world, and play those guys rather than the veterans. So, but, he, you know, Thibodeau's not going to do that. So I believe the Knicks organization is faced with a decision. Would you trade Julius Randle? Would you trade him now? I mean, that's really all they have. I mean, Julius Randle is, you know, trying to score 30-plus plus points every night and not getting the support they need. So I don't really know what the, the Knicks are. Last year there was an identity to them. They were a defensive team. They played hard. They played defense because they didn't have enough offensive talent. And to me, this whole idea that, well, you know, Fournier can't play defense and Kemba Walker can't play defense. Defense is about hard work. Defense is about moving your legs. I mean, you can listen to Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight will tell you. It's about moving your legs and playing hard. And if Thibodeau doesn't see these guys playing hard, and if they're not playing defense, then get them off the court. And if they're not playing defense, you're not doing your job as a head coach because you're not getting your guys motivated enough to play defense. And I'm sorry. Defense is about hard work. It's not about standing around. It's about moving your feet and, and putting your hands up and playing hard. And the Knicks just are not doing that this year. So at 13 and 16, sitting basically towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference, I don't know what these guys are. I don't know if they're a playoff team or not a playoff team. I really don't know what they are, but they've definitely regressed this year. And they, they, I don't know what the organization's going to do. I really don't know where they're going to go. But I think they should trade Julius Randle, maybe get a pick, maybe get some players back, and then start playing the young guys. Develop the quickly, so I think has talent. Develop Obi Tobin, who I think has talent. The kid, what, uh, Briggs that they drafted. Get these guys on the floor. Let them play. And enough already with Rose. I like Rose, but he's, a, he's an older guy. But Thibodeau's going to do this. He's going to play older guys, and this is the way it's going to be. So the Knicks really have you know, sort of, of a dilemma between what they want to do, what their future is going to be, and what they want to do now. It's kind of like what the Rangers are doing, except the Rangers are getting a lot of success. I mean, the Rangers tore it down, and then they rebuilt. So speaking of the Rangers, a loss in, at home against Nashville the other night. And they played pretty well. It didn't play as physical. They certainly didn't win the loose battles at the beginning of the, of the game. So it came down to really one nothing, and that was it. I mean, Georgiev played well in net. Hopefully Igor comes back in, a, in hopefully a week, starts picking up where he left off. But uh, I can't complain. My team's 18-6-3. and three. They're having a great start. Uh, they haven't played a whole lot of great teams. We'll see how they fare against Florida and Tampa Bay next week when they go down to Florida for a couple games. They haven't played Carolina yet. They haven't played a lot of the better teams overall. They played Toronto once, and they didn't play that well, even though they won in overtime. So we'll see how they do. The Bruins right now kind of sitting around. You know, they they had a good trip. They won in Edmonton the other night, be a really solid Oilers team. So 
we'll see how the Bruins do. I mean, the Bruins definitely need another center. I don't know what they're going to do as far as their center position, not getting a whole lot of scoring depth from the other lines. And this has been something the Bruins have dealt with for a bunch of years, the lack of scoring uh, depth. They, they signed Taylor Hall thinking that he was going to be the guy, and he hasn't been the guy. And, um, you know, I don't know. They just don't get enough contributions. Charlie Coyle's got five goals, I think. Smith hasn't been that good. They signed him from Nashville. He was pretty good last year. But overall, they need another center. Obviously, David Krejci's not with them anymore, so they definitely need another center. But, uh, you know, the Bruins will stay in games because they play good defense, and their goaltending's been good. So, But, uh, you know, they could not possibly not be a playoff team this year with, with the improvement of a lot of teams in, in that uh, in that. Uh, in that com- in division, in that division. So especially Detroit being better now. You know Steve Eisman's going to build a good team there. I mean, he built the Tampa Bay teams. They won two straight Stanley Cups, and you know he's going to build a good team there. And Detroit, and you can see the improvement already with some of the young players and some of the veterans and a mix of, of, of both. And uh, they're, they've played very well, especially at home this season. So, And uh, the Florida Panthers right now are playing unbelievable hockey. Uh, Carolina's playing unbelievable hockey. And then in the West right now, the terrible with the Calgary Flames having to cancel games because of the COVID situation. But the Flames have been fantastic. Edmonton's been great. Um, the Oilers, you know, now being general managed by Ken Holland, who built the Red Wings teams that won all those Stanley Cups. And, you know, Ken Holland just got inducted in the Hall of Fame this year as a general manager. And now Jimmy Rutherford, who looks like he's 90 years old. It's funny, I remember when he was a goaltender. Jimmy take over the reins of the Vancouver Canucks now as general manager. Uh, I think he'll do a great job there. There's a lot of talent on that Vancouver team, and obviously they haven't been very good this season. But uh, Jimmy Rutherford, who built those teams in Pittsburgh and, and Carolina when he won the Stanley Cup as well, so taking over the reins of the Vancouver Canucks. So we'll see how they do in Vancouver with Jimmy Rutherford taking over the, the operation there. 413-445-4234. Love to hear from you folks out here at WTBR Sports Talk. Anything you want to talk about in the world of sports, talk about football, baseball, you know, basketball, and, uh, and hockey. And I was going to have my resident uh, uh, college uh, basketball guy on, uh, <laughs> and hopefully I'll have him on soon. And then my resident uh, college football guy, uh, my buddy Eddie. So hopefully one of these days these guys will come on. We'll talk a little bit about college basketball and college football because it's definitely not my thing. But I do love college basketball. But uh, my buddy Evan, he's the college basketball man. If you ever want any questions to be asked about college ball, he's definitely the one to talk to. So 413 Two, three, four, right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Well, we're going to take this time out for a couple of messages, and then we will return with more WTBR Sports Talk. Wonder what happened to those great local PCTV channels? Did you lose them? No worries, they're still there. Go to cable channels 1301, 1302, and 1303 to watch the best local content on television. News and information, sports and entertainment, city council, school committee, July 4th parade, It's all there waiting for you. Pittsfield Community Television. For over 30 years, we are still your local television. Narcotics Anonymous has recently experienced an unprecedented shift in the way recovering addicts come together. COVID-19 has shut the doors of our meeting places, but it cannot shut the door of recovery. Millions of recovering addicts are meeting every minute of the day via online services. If you are an addict who is seeking recovery, please join us now. To be a part of the miracle, visit BerkshireNA.com or call 413-443-4377 where you can speak with a recovering addict. 
Just when you thought radio was getting dull, WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours, and overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep press with limited commercial interruption. Impressive. Most impressive. TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. It's TBR After Hours, overnight Saturday at midnight, right here on WTBR, and also available on podcast. Hi, my name is Bill Sturgeon. I am the host of WTBR's Morning Drive. We air every weekday morning, 7.30 to 8.30. The goal of my program is to inform, educate, and have a few chuckles along the way. We have wonderful guests, political, arts, actors, musicians, teachers, I look forward for you to listen in or watch us on PCTV. Thank you. WTBR-FM is listener-supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'd be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. No nonsense, no messing around, just 100% pure rock. Unplug your appliances. We need the power. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here on... 89.7 WTBR. Yeah. <laughs> 413-445-4234. Number to call. Looks like we had a phone call there. So uh, we'll see if the lights flash up right here. Yeah, I had a little technical difficulty with my phone. So uh, anyway, for those who are trying to call, 413-445-4234. So uh, hopefully we'll get a call from a couple of people. I know my buddy Ralph was out there trying to call and uh, had a little technical difficulty there. So uh, anyway, if you're out there, give us a call, 413-445-4234, right here on the uh, WTBR Sports Talk Show right here. Every Tuesday, we can be heard, Sean Cronin and myself. Sean was a little under the weather today so he said you're going solo i said okay so i'm flying solo but anyway uh good to be here as always gorgeous day outside 48 degrees talk a little bit of football a little bit of hockey some basketball and of course the ridiculous baseball situation with the lockout and the cba i mean honestly folks if you have any thoughts about the cba if you have any thoughts about baseball how you want to change it what will make it better what will make it worse i mean anyway but anyway give us a call 413-445- Four two three four, right here on WTBR Sports Talk, and when I look at the baseball situation, I think to myself, "What a bunch of greed!" Anyway, we do have a caller, so let's take our call. All right, call, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, buddy, how are you? Yeah, you brought up some interesting topics, and you know the one that you're talking about with Joe Judge. You're talking about a guy who's stuck in the New England system where he has a whole different ball game here, if you will, over in, uh, you know, at the Meadowlands. You're not talking about, uh, you know, the same um, set of circumstances. I think he has to learn how to adjust. You know, when he's talking to the fans, when he's um, to the, to the uh, journalists, and he's talking to reporters, you can see his disdain for the fans, Robbie. I don't know if you, if you noticed that aspect of it. 
He thinks we know absolutely nothing. You realize that, don't you? It just, it, yeah, it looks so ridiculous. It's like he's got the same voice, the same monotone approach. The questions to are so lame. I just want somebody to piss this guy off. I just want somebody to ask him a question where he gets so infuriated. Like, how come you got? How come you beat on scored fifty nine to nothing, Joe? How come you practiced that play on the long bomb yesterday by Justin Herbert? You can't make the play at the in the end zone. I mean, just things like that. Like they just ask him these lame questions. And he's four and nine. He's 10 and 19 as a head coach. I mean, yeah, he thinks we're stupid. This is not Jacksonville. This is the New York Giants we're dealing with. I, it just makes me sick. I'm so sick of this yeah, guy. You know, and, you know, when you said when you said about how, you know, he his, the whole attitude is, is wrong, but, you know, the Mara's M.O. is to kind of um, allow the whole system to play out. They're not going to hire this guy and think he's their savior and suddenly get rid of him when the time – you know they're going to wait a good long time before they dispose of this guy. You're not going to get rid of him if they if they lose every game, uh, you know, remaining. He'll still be he'll still have his job next year. I'm convinced of that. But the thing is, is that they have his job and they fire the general manager. Then you're going to bring another general manager. Wouldn't the general manager bring in his own coach? Bring in a coach he wants to bring in? I just it's like the Jets situation where they fired the general manager, kept the coach, brought in another coach, fired him, brought another general manager, yeah. and it's just ridiculous. I mean, and, I, you know, you got a call. You got a call on baseball that was interesting. Yeah. What can you do? What can you do to change a game that really desperately needs changes? What you know? What exactly is the first step to get this game back in the mainstream and have people enjoy it the way they once did? My, I mean, in your yeah. opinion, what's the one thing that baseball can do to put it back into? Prominence. Get rid of the shift. Just get rid of it. Get rid of the shift. Make it exciting to see guys field. And I maybe I would move the mound back slightly because these guys throw so hard. Ralph, one quarter of this year, guys are striking out. Twenty five percent of the time they're striking out in games. And, and and a league average, the league average that's been as bad since I don't know fifty years of two forty four. I mean that's terrible. That's the league average two forty or two forty one something like that. It's it's yeah. brutal. Brutal. But I would, about moving that mound back. That's a that's a drastic step. I know. I don't that, want to do it. When you toy with you know sixty feet six inches, you you're really destroying the whole. I know. Uh, I know. Fabric of the game. I don't really want to do you it. Know, you know, you, you you make a pitcher's learn a whole new craft. I know. I, I don't really want to do it. But I'm telling you right now, what I would do is just get rid of the shifting. And let guys, the shifting makes everything so annoying. I mean, first of all, I'm so sick of the CG. I know who's playing there, guys. You don't have to keep telling me who's playing the position, all right? But that's, but Ralph, the beauty of baseball, I mean, the beauty of the game is the spontaneity of it. The extemporaneous idea that guys can get to a baseball and make a great play. Who the hell wants to see a baseball go into the outfield and go right to the second baseman and have him throw to first base? That's not exciting. It's not entertaining. You know, you, you, know, you just mentioned, you know, you, you, you put your finger on something that few people see. Yep. Extra, extemporaneous uh, way that baseball, no time limit. You know, you're out there for right. as long as it takes. Exactly. The extra innings is always a possibility. Yep. You know, it's a great, great game. You know, there was a reason why this this country was consumed with baseball for the amount of years that they were. You know, because this this just doesn't, uh, you know, you can't find it in any other sport. It's really the truth. 
Yeah. But here's the Hall of Fame thought, I'm, and I got to run. That's why I'm sorry. That's why. I'm no, don't worry about it. You know what? No, don't worry about the phone. The phone was was off and stuff, and so I had to put it back no, on. No, that's okay. Sometimes that's a I weird situation you yep. got there that you actually have to manually hang up on on callers. That's I know. Weird, well, they're but... work. I know they're working on a on a multiple thing, so we get multiple callers. I know. I feel. You know, it's like because a little you get bit wrapped of time. Up in what you're saying, you say, "Oh my gosh!" The whole 45 minutes, I didn't have the, the phone. Uh, exactly, up. it's crazy. But, right? but the Hall you know. of Fame. It's, yeah. it's a mutual admiration society now. It's yeah. not it's not honor, honoring the great player that the way you wanted. I heard what you said. It's just kind of you know if you got guys in there like an Andre Dawson who was a a fine player. I mean right. you know this is not putting down these no, guys. No, no, he's just not quite Hall of Fame caliber. I mean, would you put him in the same sentence as a Hank Aaron no. or a Willie Mays? Of course you would not. And that's why they've watered it down the Hall of Fame so much. Like I'm glad. Like like interestingly enough, like. Um, uh, you know, they just they just inducted a bunch of guys that to me, like Tony Oliva, should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. He's a really good ball player, three or five guys. Jimmy Cott, same thing. You know, but the fact that they inducted Buck O'Neill, I was happy about because to me, he was the ambassador of the Negro Leagues, and they inducted right. you know, and they have Satchel Paige in there, and they have Josh Gibson in there, and they have Coop Papa Bell in there, and they should have been able to say, okay, we have these guys in. Well, who was the guy that really kept the you know, Negro Leagues going? And it was Buck O'Neill. You know, so I'm glad that he got in. He really got in more on his, you know, his representation as the, as the, you know, the father of the Negro Leagues. And, and my old buddy, Art Rush Jr., used to write tons of books about the Negro Leagues. And he said to me that he, he, he saw Josh Gibson hit a ball at a Yankee Stadium. I believe it to this day that he did. I really believe Art. Like, Art was never about BS, so. Although, I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. Well, right over here, you know, right over here in Patterson, we have Hinchcliffe Stadium, historic Hinchcliffe Stadium. Yeah, the Negro Larry Doby. Leagues were thriving there for many, many yeah. years. You know, you can go over there. It's a museum now. It's wow. really uh, interesting. And, uh, you know, you know, I, I tell you one thing. I got back in 1979, uh, I got, I don't, I don't know if I even told you this. I got, I got drafted by the Phillies when I was 19 years old, right? Wow. I went to rookie, I went to rookie camp, played well, the whole works. But you know what they did back then? They actually evaluated your baseball skills, all these secondary things like, uh, the speed that you had right. and all these kind of things that go with a great athlete don't necessarily uh, coincide with a baseball player. A baseball player is a far different athlete than a basketball player. It's a, it's a specialized skill right, that you right. never find anywhere else. You know, you got to hit a you gotta hit a round ball with a round bat squarely. That's not an easy task. Right, Ted Williams said this is the hardest thing I to do. All I did was, play, was hold my baseball skill. All that athletic ability you would assume is there already, but can this guy actually play baseball? I don't think some of these guys these days, Robbie, are actually baseball players. Some of these guys are great athletes trying to play baseball. I don't see their, their baseball skills shine as they used to, you know? Well, what bothers me, too, is that guys don't go the opposite way. Like, they just hit right into the shift when they have the opportunity to take the ball the opposite way. You know, I think of a they guy like Joey Gallo. Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't. the finer points of the game. Right, they can't hit the cutoff man half the time. It just And it, it's just annoying. And, and all like all the striking out, because they're all trying to kill the ball rather than just make contact. You don't see guys choke up. I mean, I see one guy choke up. That was, you know, Rizzo, for the, you know, playing for the Yankees. He's choking up on the bat. You never see that. I go back to Felix Mion. Remember Felix Mion used to choke up on the bat all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. Da, 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 da. Had more, more bad, more bad on the bottom end than he did on the top end. Right. And you hear the little Felix the cat thing before he came to the bat here. He was a good little baseball he player. Was. He, got, he was a part of getting the, the mayor in 1973. He Bring, was a pretty yeah. good player. 
that was the first World Series I saw, and, they, and it was tough because they they had taken the lead going back to Oakland, and they lost those two games to the to the, to the uh, A's. But I mean, yeah, it's like I don't understand. Bring back speed to the game, bring back stolen bases, and bring back bunting and squeeze plays and safety squeezes and double steals. That's what baseball. That speed is what makes baseball great. All of a sudden, Who, who's now, the best all-around baseball player you've ever seen? Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, in his uh, prime. You, you, you had that answer right away. You really think he was, huh? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't see me. I, I'm, I'm talking about who I saw in his yeah, prime. Yeah, but you're, in your lifetime, who you saw yeah. play in his prime. It, without doing, yeah, in, in his prime, I would say a, a triple guy, a guy who could run, a guy who could hit for power, you know, five-tool player, a guy who could steal bases. To me, yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. was, was, was the guy I would say. Who, who's the best pure hitter? Just hitter. Best pure hitter you've seen. Best pure hitter, man. Your life, your lifetime. Just a guy that was just to, you know get up in the middle of the night and get get a base hit somehow, some way. Well, one of my favorites was Donald Arthur Mattingly. He was one of my favorites, obviously. But I mean, as far as pure hitters goes, jeez. I mean, Pete. I got, I got Pete one. Rose. I, there's a lot of guys. Dick Allen got snubbed again from the Hall of Fame, by the way. So. Hey, oh, by the way, Nick, yeah. you just said it. Dick Allen belongs in the Hall Absolutely of Fame. Absolutely, you know what they do. You know his his personality. Of course. Didn't... You know, he didn't have a winning personality, so of course, and he, and he underachieved his entire career, but he was still great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I go. Rod Carew was a great hitter. Tony Gwynn was a great hitter. George Brett was a great hitter. That's uh, it. That's my guy right there. You just said it. Who? George Brett. Brett. Yeah, Brett was a fantastic Brett. hitter. Remember when he went, he and Gwynn were like tackling. You know, they were they were like trying to get to four hundred one year. If you get to three hundred now, you're a genius. It's ridiculous. He, he, you know, if anybody could have done it, I think he hit three eighty nine one year. Yeah, he did. He did. And it was just so and much I better. I still remember that home run he hit that got uh, he, it got nullified by the pine tar. Yeah. In fact, the funny thing you mentioned that because I was on the air with Art Russ Jr. that night, and Art sent me a bat. It says Pine Tar Follies, and it was a bat with, with Brett's autograph on it. And I remember that Brett running out of the dugout going absolutely ballistic. And the funny thing is the following day or a couple of, I don't know if it was the following day or a couple of days later or a week later, mm-hmm. they finished the game by playing an inning and a half. Remember that? They actually finished yeah, the no, game. Yeah, no, I do remember. Yeah. And, you know, think about that. The, the pine tar was about two inches up, too high <laughs> up the bat, and they, they actually had the nerve. That, 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 I don't see an umpire doing that these days. They had the nerve to call everything back and nullify his home run. That's the angriest I've ever seen a ball player in my oh life. Oh, my God, he came flying out. I mean, it was knocked over the, the umpires. But Billy Martin was smart <laughs> enough to make that face? decision. It was funny. That, yeah, oh, my God, yeah. But Billy Martin he was... Wanted to commit murder. He wanted to commit murder, I know. I'm you. I, unbelievable. And Rizzuto and Frank Messer were going crazy. I was like, oh, here comes Brad out of the dugout, folks. <laughs> I, don't do as, I don't do as good as, as Moore does the more. I always, whenever I speak to Moore, I always tell him, dude, give me a Phil Rizzuto. He's like, hi, Uncle Barry. You know, fine. I do 100, I do 100 oh, voices. Rizzuto and... was on the Washington Bridge well into the seventh inning. You know, he didn't stick around for much. But well, the best. <laughs> Rizzuto was there. I, you know, I heard Rizzuto's call on Maris's home run. Oh, wow. And he, that, you forget that he was back in that 1961. Home run? Booth. That's how far back Rizzuto yeah. went. Yeah, exactly. Was that, was that the Stoward home run? The sixty, the sixty-one home, the sixty-one, uh, yeah. sixty-first home run. Yep, right. And, right. He, and he didn't call it. He called it unusual way. He said uh, he's been doing it all year, something like that. Roger Mar. He didn't make such a big deal right, because right, right. think about it. Not a player in history had ever gone past that sixty home run mark that Babe Ruth said, and here it is, right in front of him. But it was just, it was just great. It was just great. He was, he was great. I loved him. 
Hey, listen, I got to I got to run, but no my problem. wife uh, yeah, is thanks, here man. listening to you, and she wants to say hello too. Hey, Cindy, nice to talk to you too. So. She's hoisting a bag of laundry right now. I got her working now. She's going to bring it out to the car. Do you guys have the washer? Oh, you got to go down the field. Okay, the washer dryer unit is not actually in the house. We have to go outside. Okay, there you go. I was just wondering. Anyway, listen, it's great, great talking to you. You too, buddy. Thanks okay? for calling. Yeah, I love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, all right? Yeah, when's your next show, by the way? Tell me, plug it hey, in there. Hey, tonight, tune in, WPAT. Uh, listen, you know where you go, WPAT, P-A-T, like the, the name Pat. Yeah, yeah. Listen, li- listen live. At eight at eight p.m. Eastern time. By the way, I really enjoyed your interview with the drummer with uh, with Burley from uh, from from Ambrosia. In fact, Ambrosia's playing up here. I think March or April. They're playing at Daryl's house down here in Pauling. You should come up and Ambrosia see. Ambrosia is a classic band. Yeah, you know, they, 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 they kind of tend to look at them like they're bubblegum, but they're certainly not. No, the they, first they made some great. Fantastic. They made some great music. Oh, I know. I love their first album. Nice, very nice. And that whole record is fantastic. And I never you knew. You know, I had on last week, Gary yeah. U.S. Bond. Yeah, I missed, I, missed the, I missed the end of that, but I caught the very end of that. Yeah, I remember This Little Girl Is Mine. Then, then I had Rick Wolf from WSAN. I heard that one, there. too, he yeah. Was, he was a good interview. Yeah, I heard that. He's a very, I, sto- he's a very sto- he's kind of stoic guy, but he, he's full of information. He was yeah, great. He sounds I'll like let you dad. sign off, buddy. No I'll problem, talk buddy. to you. All right, thanks, Ralph. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Yep. God bless. All right, bye-bye. It's my buddy, Ralph Romeo, who can be heard on WPAT. Every uh, every week, I guess, and then four o'clock on Fridays, I usually tune into that show. Got about three minutes left in the show to wrap it up. It's uh, WP- WTBR eighty nine point seven WTR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker with you, going solo here. And my buddy Sean Cronin is home, and uh, wonder if Sean is listening. Perhaps he's listening. So, Sean, I got about two minutes left if you want to give us a call. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they'll solve things in baseball because right now, let's be honest. I mean. The baseball situation, nobody cares about all this garbage that's going on between the owners and the players. Nobody cares about that. But Ralph was talking about before about how can we improve baseball, get rid of the shift, bring back speed and stolen bases, stop with all the specialization. You know, it's just ridiculous. Constant switching of pitchers. Let pitchers pitch. Stop with the ridiculous pitch count. The pitch counts have gotten completely out of hand. And that's what baseball bothers me about. Because the beauty of the game, like I'll go back to – I'll go back to the uh, what the ninety was it the ninety one World Series between uh, Minnesota and uh, Atlanta, and you got uh, you got Tommy Glavin uh, pitching against Jack Morris. Morris pitched ten innings, Glavin pitched nine innings, and I mean it was just an unbelievable game. Was it Matt? Yeah, I think it was Glavin. It was, it was Glavin or Smoltz, one or the other one. I can't remember. I think it was Glavin, but I mean you got unbelievable. You know, pitching, and, and that's the thing. Starting pitcher, you want to see starting pitchers match up. You want to see guys. And now these guys pick $43 million a year and pitch six innings or five innings. So it's just strangely reversed. But anyway, folks, thanks for joining me this uh, Tuesday morning. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, Sean will be back in his regular seat on the other side of the glass. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. And uh, anyway, stay well. Go get vaccinated, folks. Make sure you do that. And everybody stay safe and stay well. And we'll catch you next week right here on 89.7 WTBR. And stay tuned for 89.7's programming all week. This afternoon at 4 o'clock, The Beatles Forever. What a great show. So check that out and check all the programming right here on WTBR 89.7 FM. We'll see you next week. Till then, Robbie Zucker signing off saying, see you Tuesday.